it's time to get cozy and watch a Christmas movie. Cuddle up with a cutie and watch a Christmas movie. It's a podcast in a queer tree. Okay, welcome to a podcast in a queer tree. Here we are. I'm Nicole. I Hi, Nicole. <laughs> hey, Scott. <laughs> I'm here, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here we are. Um, back again. We're back again. We are going to continue to talk about Netflix and Hallmark made Christmas movies, critique them, talk about what we loved, talk about what Scott and I disagree about. That list really keeps adding up, which <laughs> is enjoyable. <laughs> and what do we disagree on so far? Josh. Josh? Small towns. Small towns. You don't like Josh or small towns. and Not especially. I'm just... Josh is the small towns of people. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh, mostly we talk about how show the movies could be more gay and really how in most cases a triad would solve the problems that many of the characters encounter um so today's episode we are going to talk about a movie that i legitimately enjoyed Mm -hmm. like i would watch this movie again this is actually my second time watching this movie yeah mine too um and i thought it was great it's called let it snow the synopsis is on it's on netflix it's from 2019 the synopsis for this movie from imdb is in a small town on christmas eve a snowstorm brings together a group of young people which i think for an ensemble cast movie is about as detailed as you can get yeah with the synopsis of this movie yeah this movie mm-hmm. um it's it's the gayest movie we've seen so far. It's probably yeah. the gayest movie we're going to see. Yes. This month. It's overtly gay. Like, there are queer relationships in it. Yeah, there's gay characters in the movie. They talk about being gay. Yep. It's like... You see same-sex kisses and stuff. And... Yeah, there's makeouts. They talk about makeouts. Yeah. It's great. It's very cute. It's yeah. very wholesome. Mostly younger people in the movie. They're all... Yeah. I think they're all meant to be in high school, pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about our bingo cards? Yeah, why don't we do that? So I I did not get a line. I think main... Pardon? You didn't either? I didn't either. No. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that this movie does not follow the same sort of like Christmas movie formula that we are used to seeing. Like, I feel like this movie is kind of an outlier. Which oh, is definitely. Maybe why I liked it so much. Yeah, definitely. Our, our bingo cards, for those who aren't who haven't seen them or aren't using them are basically just checklists of tropes that we see that we can, you know, use to amuse ourselves while we watch these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so which ones did you get? I almost got a line that I, I couldn't really justify anywhere that someone was helping a kid with a project. Otherwise I would have had a line. Yeah. Um, so obviously attractive white female is in there somewhere. Uh, kiss at the end. There's probably several of those. Mm-hmm. Um, overt homoerotic tension. Very overt. Very overt. Like more than tension, in fact. It's... Love to see that. Yeah. Uh, I I put down that it passes the Bechtel test. I'm pretty sure it does. Oh yeah. 
They talk um, about pigs. They talk about being best friends. Yeah. There are many topics. Yeah. Um, event planning I put down because of the... The party. The awful house party. Yep. Um, getting off on the wrong foot with uh, Shamik Moore. Yep. Um, how cute were they, by the way? Oh, my God. Favorite um, couple of the movie. I also put down uh, Another Woman Wants That Dick. Again, because of Shamik Moore. Everyone wants oh, yeah. Shamik Moore. Yep. He's not a teenager, I don't think. He's like... In real life? Or in the show? In the show. I think he's meant to be in his 20s? Well, yeah, I feel like because uh, Julie is... She's going to college. Yeah, she's going to college. So I think they're sort of like, it's not creepy. She's 18. He's like maybe 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote down Driven Apartment by Misunderstanding. And again, that happens to them, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Seasonal Festival. Again, it was just the the awful house chef. Awful house. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all I had. Uh, I have supportive BFF. Oh, for sure. All the best friends are so supportive. Yeah. Even when they have conflict, they're still supportive. Yeah. Overt homosexual tension, weird transport. So the tow truck. In this case, it's in, the tow in, truck. Yeah, in this case. With Joan Cusack and her tinfoil hat. Oh, I, lo- I love how they don't explain it. Not only do they not explain it. We don't know her name. Don't. Nope. She's tow truck lady. She's Santa. She's Santa. Not only do they not explain the tinfoil hat, Mm -hmm. a character asks her point blank, what's the deal with the hat? Two people. Yeah. And she's like, she just refuses to answer. She's like, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, A tight 90 minutes. Yes. Love to see that. Seasonal festival, Mm -hmm. um, which I marked off, yes, the the house party, but also the multicultural, uh, non-denominational... The whimsical, inclusive Christmas play. So good. We'll get to it. I'm obsessed with the Christmas play. Original song slash performance. It's not an original song, but there is the singing of the moon song, which wasn't written for the movie, but is a performance. So I counted it. I also marked down horses. Are there horses in this movie? I kind of remember when I marked this down, I was like, "Eh, I don't know if that counts. I don't remember. Probably in, like, don't they, are they in a barn at some point? After the car crashes? No, they go into a a church. So that's our bingo cards. Neither of us got a line this time? No, I didn't get a line. Oh, well. No. Um, So this town, uh, Laurel in Illinois. Yep. uh, It's populated by a bunch of somewhat well-known actors. Yep. So there's Joan Cusack driving a tow truck. Yep. Um, that was the only one I knew. The guy who is the DJ organizing the party at the Awful House oh, yeah. is in the current crop of Spider-Man movies. He, okay. he plays uh, Peter Parker's friend, Ned. Okay. Uh, Kiernan Shipka, who... Duke, yes. Her name is Duke. Slash Angie. Angie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she plays Sabrina, the teenage witch, on oh, Netflix. Oh, of course. And of course, she was uh, Don Draper's daughter, Sally, on Mad Men. I don't know if you watched Mad Men. No. Okay. Uh, Shamik Moore uh, plays Stewart. Miles Morales in uh, Spider-Man. Uh, okay. The animated, the recent animated Spider-Man film. Okay. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of kind of queer movies. Oh, 
Are we still making Spider-Man movies? <laughs> okay. <laughs> More than ever. Wow. More okay. than ever before. Okay. Um, and then uh, his Shamik Moore's manager, who shows up at the house at oh, one point. Oh, Janet! Janet yes. from The Good Place. Of course, I recognized her. Yeah. Um, so my first note about this was that this is like Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. But for Christmas, it's it's that kind of teen coming of age. Everything's about to change, but let's have a big party and work out our problems with each other. Yeah. It's also like love, actually. Oh, how dare you? Well, in the Take sense that, that back. in the sense that there's just a bunch of random crap happening to a bunch of different people, and they're all gonna somehow gel together at the end. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, uh, on balance, I probably enjoy this more than Love Actually because Love Actually is so all over the place. Yeah. Um, and frankly, speaking of things that aren't aging well. <laughs> yeah, Love Actually is rough. Yeah. My next note is uh, I love you, Sabrina, referring to Kieran and Shipka because she's wearing a, a Sonic Youth t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, she's definitely the like tomboy, easygoing, cool girl best friend yeah it doesn't realize that her boy best friend is deeply in love with her apparently or deeply i mean he's fixated on her and uh, i don't know how much he actually can be in love with someone who does not feel the same way about him in return sure yeah anyway he's pretty into her he's very into her yes she seems completely oblivious to this yes um she does yeah I, so, like, the the start of this movie, I think, has a really important learning lesson. Okay. Which is, you never, ever start party prep until you have checked the airport website and seen that your parents' flight successfully departed. Mm, that's good advice. Like, you don't start party prep the second they close the door. What if your dad forgot his phone charger and they come back? Exactly. Like, so have, many things could go wrong. I'm just like, bud. Have these kids not watched Dazed and Confused? Exactly! Like, fucking exactly, man! <laughs> God! Rookie that was mistake. really an amateur move. I was like, you deserve to get caught, bud. Like, I'm sorry. On the other hand, the... I don't know who owns... Or manages the Waffle Town. Awful Town. Awful Town. I love that, by the way. So good. It's a Waffle Town in an Awful Town. <laughs> um, so the... I don't know who owns it or manages it. Teens. Apparently teens. Because <laughs> they're... You know, Ned's there making his plans. And there's this other dude... Who's like slightly taller, thinner, with like a mop of hair. Yes, the philosophy bro number one. Yeah, the bro who's like, oh yeah, have your party here. It's no problem. I'll just hang out longer or whatever. Like he apparently is giving permission for them to have the party. He also says things like the universe is an infinite hug. Right. (laughs) That's, I'd like to, I'd like to have a version of the movie that just follows that guy. The universe is always story is always telling you something. You just have to subscribe to her newsletter. <laughs> he's he's very wise. Very wise. Yeah. Very wise. There's a lot of philosophy bros in this movie. That's true. We'll get to it. But yeah, yes, he seems to be the only authority figure in this diner. Yeah. 
And one of the few in the movie. Yeah. Um, so I feel I didn't take a lot of notes like scene by scene because this movie. No, I got does, sucked into this movie. Well, yes, I had to remind myself to take notes. to take notes, and it also because it's an ensemble cast, it like jumps around quite a bit. Yes, like touching on everyone's storylines is like it would have been chaos. And there are some that I think it's fair to say we care about a lot more than others. Oh, tell me who you didn't care about, Scott. I didn't particularly care about Ned and his party. Is like, his name Ned? No, I just call him that because okay. that's, that's what he's the bald in, guy in the Spider-Man movies. Who yeah. did a bad job of having a party at his house. Right? Yeah. You don't care about Ned? Not especially. Okay. I, I feel like that's all... I, I, I feel like there's never really any tension about whether or not that party's going to happen. Yeah. Like, obviously it's going to happen. Sure. Um, and I, frankly, I did not give a shit about the guy who loves Duke. I don't even remember his name. Oh, Yeah. Um, I think I was not rooting for him. In I th- fact, I was just irritated by him. The most interesting thing about him is that he is wearing his three wise men cloak for right. most of the movie. That's right. <laughs> Which I found quite funny. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I liked Duke's college boyfriend guy. JP. JP. He, he would seem nice. <laughs> That's philosophy bro number two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I cared the most about uh, Julie and Stuart. Yes. Obsessed with them. Yeah. Um, I also really cared about Joan Cusack. Okay. I love Joan Cusack. I love her too, but she doesn't do a lot in this movie apart from drive around and rescue idiots who are uh, well. She's like stranded. The, she's like the wise old figure, you know. Yeah. Do you feel like she just drives around and around and around that town? Yeah. Just kind of, she doesn't even, does she even have a business? Or does she just happen to own a tow truck and drive around? Interesting. Yeah, she definitely doesn't have a registered business. Yeah. Like, she did not register with the Illinois Business Association or whatever. She's not in in the Better Business Bureau for, for Laurel, Illinois. She's like, you just... I, well, she did say, I just got a call from dispatch, though. So she's like... Oh, okay. She's, but is is that in her head? I mean, she <laughs> goes and pulls out what's-his-noodle in the car that he named. Yeah. No, she's got a tow truck. Everyone just knows that she's got a tow truck. Yeah, she, everyone's like, Joan Cusack will be here any second. <laughs> she always is. She'll pull you out of this. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, the bleeding nipple scene... Is like weird. It's weird, but I'm like, I'm really, I was really tickled by his excuse for why his nipple is bleeding, which was that he was doing push ups over glass. (laughs) (laughs) It's like such a like weird teenage explanation. (laughs) It is. I thought that was quite funny. It is. I have a note to myself just saying, yay, lesbians. Yeah, all these baby queers. That was nice to see, except Aww. that the one who works at the Awful House... Dory. Is that her name, Dory? Yep. Uh, her ex is mean. The, well, her ex is closeted. Yeah, the, and, the dancer. And mean, The yeah. cool dance girl. I forget her name. Yeah, yeah that was really sad and unfortunate because Probably she's... Probably realistic. 
Well, yeah, she's just so deeply closeted. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a shame to say. Oh my God. That scene though of Dory, like try talking to her about the like soap that she has. And she was thinking about her in the shower. Right. (laughs) And oh, horses. That's why I marked off horses. Okay. Because she talks about horses. Oh, in that awkward. Yeah. In that conversation, she says how the girl she likes, the dancer, um, thinks that horses are just big dogs. Oh, right. Yeah. And she's been like thinking about that ever since. That's when I marked off horses. Um, and my God, that, that monologue was like so flawlessly delivered and just made me want to crawl inside my skin. (laughs) It was excruciating. Dory's a good actor. I've seen her in other stuff. I can't remember what. Oh, okay. Um, I've, I've got just a one word note here. Broom ball. Oh my God. Me too. (laughs) I don't remember the broom ball scene. So broom ball. Yes. I remember it very well. Okay. I was very sober for this movie. I was not. So yeah, that's fine. Um, broom ball is, so this is the date that, uh, Sabrina Mm -hmm. Duke Mm-hmm. goes on with her friend in the wise man cloak who neither of us care about right um to see her like college crush jp oh that's where she sees jp oh right and this is where the twins are and the twins like right. you know gang up on him and whatever right. so broomball is like hockey in mm-hmm. that it is on ice mm-hmm. but there are no skates no you're you wearing your, your regular have you shoes? played broomball no i have do i look like someone who's playing broomball oh, scott no did, did you go to public school with a gym class because <laughs> that's where i played it. yeah but we learned to line dance we didn't play broomball wow okay um no skates no equipment a ball like a, a circular spherical ball yep. it's like one of those orange practice balls and a windshield scraper as far as i can tell a win- oh like to it's like not a the broom ball. it looks like a windshield scraper yeah i guess it, at least in the movie when when we played there was like an actual regulation like little broom broom interesting yeah yeah i mean you know broomball i mean it looks terrifying to me running on ice is a one-way ticket for me to break every bone in my body but you know it objectively looks like it could be fun uh, yeah, but I guess. what an interesting choice i guess it is it had to take place on ice and they didn't want the equipment to be a big deal i didn't i'm trying to remember if i looked up where this movie was shot uh guess 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 where it was shot North Bay. North Bay, Ontario. Was it really? It was shot in Ontario. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Ontario wasn't on my uh, bingo card, so I didn't get a point for it. Oh, that's funny. Some of the shots, um, there are some scenes that were, or some like street uh, views that were from Illinois proper, mm-hmm. but every it was all in Ontario. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, for all we know, I, I don't know a whole lot about Illinois apart from Chicago is there. Mm. Um. Maybe that's a thing in Illinois. Maybe everyone plays broomball broom right. in school. Yeah. Um, it's are you from Illinois? Can you, can you tell us? <laughs> tell us about broomball. Yeah. I have another note to myself here. Oh, because of the first of many occurrences of a song that I like called The Hole of the Moon by the Waterboys. Oh, yes. They, I'm pretty sure they play the recorded version and then... Uh, Team Triad. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, again, can't remember the guy's name. Don't care. Yep. Uh, the wise man. Yeah, the wise man. He He's playing it on the piano at one point. He's playing the organ. Yeah, yeah. that's right. He's playing the organ and Duke sings it with him. Yep. Not, I mean... So you hated that. I didn't... I, I, I didn't especially care for it. Did yeah. you not care for it because it's a song you already like? And you're like, don't cover this song I like in a movie? Yeah. It, it was a bit that. It, it's a bit, you know, I, I think Kiernan Shipka is a very good actor. I don't think she's maybe the best singer. I mean, I think... So I was really charmed by this scene. Okay. I loved the singing along to the organ uh, song. I'd never heard the song before. Wow. I'm not still not familiar with it, only from this movie. But I feel like their voices are authentically teenager. Oh, for sure. In the way that you like see a dance scene in a movie and you're like, everyone's a professional dancer. It's like these kids just have like normal people voices. Mm-hmm. They're not professional singers. And she still manages to harmonize. Yeah, they do okay. It's... And, like, I think JP is just, like, vibing. He's so into it. I, I, I honestly really like JP. JP is up for a triad, I'm telling you. The yeah, only I, thing, I think you're probably right. The only thing standing in their way is the... JP is probably already in a triad. Is the wise man. Oh, he's definitely already in a triad. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, nothing. I, I just I was just planting the first mention of that song because uh-huh. it comes up several times. Yeah, it's like the theme of the movie is yeah. the song. Totally, it's, it just strikes me as an odd choice for a Christmas movie because it's yeah the original is you know by this group of mad Irishmen and Scotsmen who <laughs> it's it's a very different arrangement. I mean, this, I think the soundtrack, I didn't spend a lot of time looking at the soundtrack because I didn't recognize really any of it, but um, it's a very, like, cute indie film. Well, I think that's probably partly why I made the note about Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It it reminded me of, it's not quite that, it's not like Empire Records level, this is a soundtrack movie. Yeah. But it's, it's got a bit of that. Um, I don't understand why anyone in this movie has winter tires. All of these cars are totally unreasonable. No one has winter tires. That's weird, right? It makes... They're in the middle of winter. The the line JP has when they're trying to go up the hill and the car, who they've named some girl's name, Cynthia maybe... The car is like slipping and sliding up the hill and they're like calling it. They're like frustrated. And JP's like, guys, I know it's a car, but I'm a feminist. So, <laughs> so funny. You fucking philosophy, bro. So brutal. That's my next note that they're, they've stolen a keg from the drug dealing yeah. twins. At the broom ball game. At the broom ball game. Yeah. And now they're escaping yeah escaping there's a car chase in the snow no one has winter tires they're not (laughs) equipped to deal with um my next note is late night feelings oh it's unusual to see two girls making out in a christmas movie well that is unusual that is unusual i can't think of very many (laughs) we made out in the bathroom of awful house of the awful house oh um i'm really into but then her ex is kind of jerking her around there because she's still kind of is not particularly nice to her after that. 
whose ex? Oh, the girl she makes out with the dancer. Dory's ex, yeah. Well, I don't think they're exes. I think they made out and then... Yeah, they don't have a romantic relationship. Well, they've made out now twice, but she hasn't told Dory that she's closeted. So... That she's not out. Yeah. So she, like, keeps getting... Dory keeps getting the cold shoulder from her, and she's like, WTF. Yeah. Um... That's probably the story I cared the most about mm. in the movie because I just wanted. I'm like, Shamik Moore, and what's what was the Julie, Julie yeah. and Stuart and Stuart. I was like, you two are the most beautiful people in this town. Yeah, clearly they're getting together. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing bad is gonna happen to either of you. Yeah, one of you is rich and famous. Yeah, the other one is going to Columbia, I believe it was. Yeah, so, yeah, you guys are good. Yeah. This poor baby lesbian working in a Waffle House. Yeah. Somebody help her out. And her, like, super cool, like, dancing, dancer crush in, like, matching sweats to all of her teammates. I'm like, oh, Dory. It's like somebody made a movie of Teenage Dirtbag. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe they did. Wow. That does feel real. Um, I'm really into the, uh, so the Julie and Stuart storyline, they like run into each other on a train mm-hmm. and Stuart's like, oh, oh, I'm just trying to play it cool. And Julie's like, I don't care about you. And he's like, oh, okay. And then. I know who you are. Yeah. But I don't care. Yeah, I'm not one of your simpering fangirls. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they both get off the train. The train is like stuck and she's like, oh my God, I work right over there. So they like get off the train. They're trudging through the snow together and they're like at the awful waffle house. And, um, then he has to escape through the bathroom window because he's spotted by the dance team. Yeah. Apparently he's, he is in a hard day's night and everyone, the Beatles movie where they're just chased the entire movie. Oh yeah. Well, I think. That's where his head is at. Well, and I mean, he's not wrong because like the dance squad I spots guess. him and they start like making moves. So he like escapes out the window and then he and Julie end up at, they're like walking, you know, near this hill and everyone's tobogganing. Right. And this is my favorite Stuart line is he's going to go borrow a toboggan and she's like, how are you going to get a toboggan? And he's like, young moms, that's my sweet spot. <laughs> Right. And he, like, sweet talks these, like, mom-aged women <laughs> into giving him their toboggan. It's so good. I'm like, good for you. That's a funny scene. I'm like, know your strengths, Stuart. I, I made a note of that scene, too. Just saying that Stuart and Julie on the sled are cute. Yeah. There's a weird level of physical danger in this movie. Yeah. The sledding scene. There and a few other moments as well where you're like, is someone going to get hurt? Yeah. Like, even the drug dealing twins. I'm like, are they going to kick the, the the guy that we don't care about? Tobin is his name. Oh, God. It's like, are they going to kick the shit out of Tobin? I kind of hope so. They kind of do, though. They? Well, they beat him up on the ice they, pretty bad. They beat bad. him up a little bit, yeah. Like, it's not like a, like, serious, scary beating, but it's like rough and tumble broom ball beating up. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's jumping around. Of course. Um, we, I don't think we've even mentioned Dory's best friend roommate. Oh yeah. Her best friend. They seem to live together. Addie. 
Yeah, Addie. Do they live together? I don't know. Like, why is Addie buying Dory a pig? Yeah, that is... If they don't live together. Like, are they going to take care of this pig together? I don't know. Also, the... terrible judgment, by the way. Really? The pig is, like, cute, and I love that Dory's, like, really into pigs, and it's, like, her thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, someone get that pig out of that party for That is a non-trivial pet. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's very... I, I wasn't super into how they, as you say, just plunked that pig down in the middle of a party. It's not great. No, not cool. It's not great. Um, My next note is Tobin is an incel prick. (laughs) Be honest with women you're into, idiot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's real. Uh, Which is a pretty standard uh, teenage boy move. Yeah. um, Adult man move, for that matter. Yep. Um, But certainly, especially in these movies. Um, So brutal. The Interfaith Holiday Song. Oh my god! I am so into what I assume is a Unitarian church. Mm. But this like... Or a church that it's basically serving this entire small town. So they've got... They just slam it all into one. Yeah, the Catholics do Sunday. (laughs) Baptists do Monday or or something. Oh, this was the original song slash performance that I marked off. This was... uh, Their song. Their song. Um... It's just so wholesome. Um, there's one part in the tow truck when Joan Cusack has picked up Addie mm-hmm. um, that one of them leans over the other one to like open the door or put the window up or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's a pre-COVID lean. Mm. <laughs> like, don't get that close to strangers anymore, eh? I love how Joan Cusack <laughs> just takes that girl's cell phone and <laughs> chucks it out the window. <laughs> He's like, that's what I think of your fucking cell phone, kid. But I don't think she actually meant to throw it. Because then she's like, I'm sorry about that. I think it's entirely possible that Joan Cusack's character does not know how cell phones work. <laughs> yeah. She's, she, she's got the tinfoil hat. She obviously doesn't own one. She's got a two-way radio. She's got a CB radio. Yeah, she's got a CB radio. That's, that's what she trusts. <laughs> Oh my god. Can we also just take a moment to talk about the quaffle waffle that Dory makes? The Harry Potter oh, yeah. themed waffle. The quaffle waffle. Yeah, that's right. In the small town diner. That was small- cute. Yes, very cute. Yeah. Small town diner, a staple of the holiday movie. Definitely. Oh, right. And then my next note. I, I had started to talk about this when we had to break. About how Stuart and Julie get to her home and the way they all bond with Stuart is to dance like Mick Jagger it felt false to me it felt weird right I guess it it was believable to me I mean I didn't really think about it that much it struck me as like a cute moment and not really anything else but I guess it's believable to me that Stuart would be really familiar with the Rolling Stones because he's a musician he's a musician and I think that like there's this way of portraying as being it's like believable to an audience that they're a serious musician because they're familiar with music that's older than them sure and i think there's also this way like if i think about like a relatively innocuous uh display of 
how white supremacy works. It's like a black musician has to be familiar with the Rolling Stones in Who order... stole a bunch of black music, by the way. Of course they did. <laughs> to be taken seriously by, like, mainstream... Or to be taken seriously in this movie, not about, like, Julie and her family, but, like, mm. to be taken seriously in this movie as a serious musician. Sure. And I think that's probably true in, like, music in the music industry in general. Is like... Like, music like the Rolling Stones, this, like, white Western type of rock is seen as, like, foundational. Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't listen to the Rolling Stones or you're not familiar with that, like, ilk of music, you're not a serious musician. Like, you haven't, like, done your homework. Mm. Um, And I think, but I I think, like, when I think about that lens, I'm not saying that's a good lens or a good approach, but I think that's, like, where it comes from. Oh, for sure. And I think that makes it believable that he is so familiar with the Rolling Stones that he can like do a Mick Jagger dance. Well, not and only was he, not only could he do the dance, he knew what album a yeah. song came from, and his favorite album was different from the grandfather's favorite album. Yeah, but they could still relate to it. And yeah. like, I think that the grandfather, you know, he's he. I think there's something about he talks about records at one point. Like, he's obviously a music lover. Yeah, he's got records. He's like an old timer who you know loves music the way it was meant to be heard or whatever. Mm. And I think like there is this way that like accented black or brown people in North America, like. Like, because he speaks English with an accent, I feel like movies have this, like, problematic motivation to Americanize them Mm. in ways that, I mean, I think are, like, subtle. But, and, you know, I mean, this is, like... this (laughs) is like Not in this movie, you mean. (laughs) Well, no, but I mean, you know, it's, like, maybe you would never give this a second thought because it just feels normal that this, like, Latinx older man who presumably was an immigrant to this takes place in the States. I think it's, it's, it was like filmed in Canada, but yeah, supposed to take place in Illinois. Illinois. But I think that like, he loves the Rolling Stones so much. He can like argue with this serious American musician about them. Mm. And like that makes it okay. That like settles the anxiety that like people have under like the underlying like xenophobic worries that they have. And you know, I think my role in this podcast is going to be like reading deeper into a fluffy Netflix movie than anyone ever thought it would be when they were making it. But I also think like if you're going to make decisions like that, like I think the motivations behind them are actually like pretty important. Oh, absolutely. That's that's what criticism is. Yeah. It's it's asking you know, you could have made any throwaway reference to a band in this scene. Mhm. Why did you choose this one? Yeah, for sure. Is it just that you're lazy? Yeah. And which is my theory. Sure. They picked they picked a band that is basically known by everyone in the entire world. Mm. And this is a Netflix movie which goes all around the world. A feature of seeing white things as neutral is that we can, like, find different problems with things that aren't white and go back to the, quote, safe option. Mm. You know, like, I feel like the Rolling Stones feels like a safe option. They absolutely are. Because, well, but, I mean, it's a safe option because it doesn't, like, offend the majority of the viewers. 
But, like, is it believable? Is it the best choice? Could a better choice have been made? You know. Yeah. I really like the moment slightly shortly before the Mick Jagger dance where Gramps is like, why is he wearing my clothes? He can't keep those slacks. (laughs) Really into that. That was funny. I love that. Really into Gramps. So far, I would say a constant in the movies we've watched, uh, which have only been a small handful, is that the grandfather characters super solid sure i think that's prob that that's also a bit of a convention in these movies that older people are always wise and supportive yeah and they might even have some magic item that they have to give you yeah <laughs> not the case in the uh, unless the slacks were magic i so mean that, we don't find that out i need my magic slacks <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see the rolling stones in the next month <laughs> Um, there's also, this is like much further along, um, but sort of in the same, uh, vein of Julie and Stuart's relationship when his publicist shows up, who is Janet from The Good Place. Yes. Um, she's like, do you have any Sani? Like talking about hand sanitizer. And I was like, oh, another 2020, uh, prediction. How dark. My note for when she arrives at their door and is like, okay, we gotta go. Yeah. Was, uh, I felt that cock block by Janet. <laughs> oh, yeah. She did. She, she, she really she, interfered. Yeah, she takes Julie aside and she's like, look, I know you feel very special that you've been around Stuart. He has that effect on girls. So rough. Yeah, and oh. Julie's like, oh, I thought we had a real connection. Oh, but they did. But they did. Oh. Yeah. Um, and, and Stuart is talking about how he's got the terrible fate of going back to a hotel room, a deluxe hotel room. Yeah. And spending Christmas there. But he's all alone. He's all alone. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, I really admire how this relationship is portrayed. Like Stuart communicates his feelings. He like expresses hard emotions. He like, you know, he communicates clearly to, I mean, calling Julie his partner at this point is a bit, you know, it's a bit jumping the gun, but you know, there's these like two people who have feelings for each other, some intense shits going on. And he's like communicating with her really well. And she's like responding to it. I'm like, Oh my God, look at these teens. They both seem of all the people in the movie, like all the young people, he seems to have his shit together the most, Mm. even though he arguably has the craziest life of everyone there. Sure. Um, so yeah, he, he seems, he seems great. And, and she seems like their rapport seems quite good. Uh, my next note is just, these kids are all ludicrously beautiful. Oh (laughs) yeah. Everyone in the cast. Everyone is so attractive. So beautiful. I know. It makes, makes movies kind of unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, my, my note about the um, uh, pig. Mm, the apology pig. That, that is literally my next note. For the apology love, pig. For the love of God, get that pig out of a teen dance party. Yeah. Apology pig is a bad idea. Really re- bad idea. It's very cute, but it's a bad idea. I was not into the apology pig. No. Terrible idea. Um, then my next notes are all, uh, I, I hand wrote them in all capital letters. <laughs> I think I remember what this refers to. I think it was the, the guy in the wizard wise man cloak. 
Tobin. Uh, Tobin mm-hmm. making his speech to the Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point he talks about how he went to piano camp, overcame a peanut sensitivity, and <laughs> went, to, went to therapy to deal with his raccoon fear. Do you know how hard that is? <laughs> and this, like, whole speech he makes. I don't remember the exact context of it, but I think he's like, I've done all these things, and yet, dot, dot, dot. But, like, this speech was just so... So funny to me. It's a weird speech. I w- it's probably the highlight of the movie for him. I think it's a shining moment. Such as it is. He went to piano camp. Um, my note about Tobin at, at around this point of the movie is, uh, you don't deserve a cool girl like Duke, you dipshit. <laughs> yeah, he's a ding dong. Oh, especially, my next note is when Duke says... It's always been you. And I'm like, what are you, 18? How has it always been anybody? Yeah. Come on. It's always been him because he's the only other guy there, practically, in in your tiny little town. Yeah. 18 is an intense age, you know? Well, sure. (laughs) Um, I would also just like to be transparent about the number of times I teared up in this movie. Mm -hmm. That number is two. Mm Mm-hmm. Number one was the real hard feelings mom and daughter talk when Julie and her mom are talking about how her mom might get sick and die, but Julie has to go to Columbia to go to school because life is to be lived. Yeah. That really got me. Julie's got the one real serious thing going on in the movie. Yeah. It's serious. Um, The other was the queer kiss that Dory and the cute dancer girl have and then she looks in the window and all of her dance troupe friends are wearing identical outfits and cheering them on that was nice wow yeah that that got right to my gay little heart yeah that was very nice it was really nice i also you know i have to say we haven't talked a lot about um the other storylines because i think we're most interested in stuart and julie but i really liked that the dynamic between Dory and what is the dancer? Do we know? Did you write it down? Oh, I, I don't remember her I name. don't remember either. I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, the dancer. Um, the dancer, I feel like, is supposed to be... She's supposed to be positioned as, like, the cool hot girl. Mm. She's, like, in this dance troupe. Her friends, she's like kind of standoffish. You know, she sort of like plays into that stereotype. And Dory is this like awkward, honest, chubby, nerdy. Enthusiastic. Yeah. It's like, it's like not cool to be interested or enthusiastic. Right. But then at the end, the like cool dancer girl is like, I really admire you. You're out. You're honest about who you are. And I was like, I really loved that little like moment of role reversal honesty. I feel like that was that was like a nice Yeah, they moment. don't really make a meal of of the dancer's circumstances. She's reluctant to come out mm-hmm. in terms of her own world. She feels like she has something to lose. Yeah. By being out the way that her girlfriend is out. Um so it's nice to see her break past that and that she's very supported by her friends i feel like they the movie like plays into the reality of whatever age group is currently 18 where they are all on tiktok Mm. and they are all 
gay. <laughs> Every single one of them, you know? And, like, I, I feel like the the generation of people who are, like, being represented in that movie are, like, way more likely to see their friend, like, being gay or coming out and just being, like, awesome. Like, they don't even really blink about it, you know? No, it's, yeah, exactly. it's just, like, so much more normal than it was when yeah. at least you and I were that age. Yeah. So I feel like that Or also... at least fluidity, I think, is normalized yeah. now. Like... Uh... Well, and I think it's just, you know, another drop in the pot of, like, gender, sexuality, it's all subject to change, yeah. you know? Nothing nothing really stays the same. Yeah, uh... yeah it's nice. It's like, it's like an, uh, it's like another example of, like, shows that are, have been made in the last couple of years where queerness just is. Yeah. It's, like, not an issue. It's just just matter of fact yeah it's just who people are it's the world that they live in it's not a plot line i mean in this case it was a plot line but it wasn't like tragic or sad yeah or well yeah it's it's not like i, I grew up with the after school after school specials oh yeah in, in the 70s and 80s and i mean if you had a, a gay kid on one of those chances are good they wound up dead by the end yeah which so it's it's pretty bleak progress it's a big change <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, I was watching Let It Snow via Netflix party with a friend who is oh, nice. yeah quarantining in uh, Ontario right now. Mm-hmm. And she I need to give her credit for this line, um, which is at the end of the movie when JP and Addie are sort of making eyes at each other. Oh, right. JP was the feminist philosophy bro and Addie was the, the one who was hanging out with Joan Cusack in the tow truck. Yeah. Um, my friend says, oh, that's so sweet. JP would be such a good pig stepdad. He may have to be. It's so true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, that was my last note for this movie. Was JP okay. would be a good pig stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What did I have for final notes? Cause we're, we're basically in the final scene where they're, everyone's at the party. Yeah. Uh, including Stuart who makes it late. Um, grand re-entrance. But, uh, another montage, um, excellent voiceover work by Joan Cusack, who is basically the narrator of this movie, just at, at the beginning and end, worth every penny, as yeah. always. <laughs> John, John Cusack, Joan Cusack, not John Cusack, he's not worth every penny. <laughs> Poor, do, you know John Cusack. Are they related? <laughs> oh my god, Nicole. Sorry. They're brother and sister. <laughs> They've it... been in movies together. <laughs> Is John Cusack, he was in the movie about the record store? Yeah, High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Yeah, yeah I know who he is. They're related. Okay. Yeah. He, I've never thought about... They've both been making movies since I was a kid. Uh, John Cusack used to make pretty good movies, but he hasn't made a really good one probably since High Fidelity. Hmm. And that's t- getting on 20 years ago. Joan Cusack, however, solid goal. I mean... No I, matter what she's in. I think I'm on Joan's side of this whole situation okay. she's she's great they're related that makes sense um 
I think I already mentioned this, but I have a note saying it's super cool that these drug dealing twins in their 20s are supplying alcohol to a bunch of teenage girls. Yeah, that's pretty sketch. Don't love that. Um, and then like, like Love Actually, this movie is a collection of activity scenes and heartfelt conversations that don't make sense as narratives, but evoke feelings of fondness and nostalgia. Aww. It's a nice little like uh, closing statement to your Christmas movie essay. <laughs> <laughs> feelings of nostalgia oh for sure i mean that's what christmas movies are all about really yeah yeah that and you know adopting pigs oh god (laughs) so i think i mean this was a funny movie for us to watch so early into this podcast because it really for uh, a queer themed podcast yeah it really defies what like 99% of what we're actually watching. It's like... We're never going to see a movie this queer again. No, definitely not. On this, uh, at least not this month. It's like, I I think, like, okay, what am I trying to say? I love trash movies. I have no problem watching just complete vacuous drivel. Good thing. Most of the time. <laughs> but I think that Let It Snow is a legitimately good movie. Like, I have recommended this movie to people, and they have watched it and been like, that movie was so cute and wholesome. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I agree. Yeah. It's a great holiday film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like with Hallmark movies, would you recommend them? Eh. You know. Depends. Do you want to waste your time for 90 minutes? (laughs) Do you need some noise in the background while you do the dishes? Yeah. Are you making a a pie or something, and you want something to listen to? That's that's pretty much what I do. Um, But it... It kind of doesn't matter if you pay real close attention to yeah. those movies. Whereas with this one, it feels more like a movie that you actually sit down and watch yeah. and follow and care about. Yeah. Um, well, and there's depth. There's real conversation. Yeah. There's like believable dynamics. Yeah. It's a and real movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a real movie. It's like a real movie. Yeah. So anyway, I think it's safe to say, though, that we both do recommend this. You literally yes. have recommended this I literally to have. Today, in fact. And, and I probably have to. I don't know. But, um, but it's definitely a cut above, I would say, even a lot of the other Netflix movies that we're going to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, since a lot of those are kind of formulaic. And They're more on the hallmark end of the spectrum. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. All right. Well, that's... Uh, that's it. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Do you have anything else, Nicole? No. See you tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Tomorrow's movie. (laughs) Tomorrow's another day. (laughs) (laughs) I keep forgetting this is going to be daily. Daily. (laughs) Daily podcast. (laughs) If you didn't like this one, just wait till tomorrow. Every day. All right. Bye, everybody. We love you. Bye. Screw you, Josh. You have been listening to Season 1, Episode 3 of A Podcast in a Queer Tree by Nicole Marcoux and Scott Marshall. Visit apodcastinaqueertree.com for this episode's links, plus our social media and a link to our Patreon. Don't forget to play bingo along with us if you're watching holiday movies. You can find the cards at hallmarkmoviebingo.com. Our theme music is by two Anne of Green Gables impersonators. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow, but whatever you do, we love you. Happy holidays.